0: I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio now. As HMO investors, as landlords, we don't like our properties being unoccupied. We don't like that downtime. We want to make sure that our properties are filled as quickly as they possibly can be. Now, this can present a problem. If we're doing a refurb, when do we actually start advertising and when do we actually sign a group up? Do we do it when we finish that refurb? Well, if we do, there's a good chance that we could be waiting two, three, four weeks to actually fill the house. Do we do it before? Well, yes, but if we do, what do we need to think about? Because we're essentially telling somebody about something that they can't see. There are challenges and there are problems involved in doing that. And if you don't get it right, it can be pretty significant. If you get it wrong, it can be an awful problem for you to handle. In fact, it can be a bit of a disaster. And I know firsthand because we really effed it up once now today i'm going to tell you what i think you should be doing if you're going to be trying to fill your rooms your properties before you actually finish a reverb you definitely should be so you definitely need to hear what i've got to say to you today so sit back relax do whatever you need to do and please enjoy today's episode of the hmo podcast hey guys it's andy here We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the roadmap, you'll find a full 60 lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. All right, welcome back, guys. So today we're going to talk about what we need to think about if we're going to be signing tenants up to our house or a property vows that's undergoing a refurbishment, a house that they can't see finished yet. Maybe you're doing the refurb, maybe you haven't even started the refurb, but you're going to be assuring them that it's going to look wonderful. There are a lot of considerations, both for us and for our tenants here. Imagine you were looking at a property and some landlord that you've never met was promising you this fantastic refurb. You'd like to think that you could trust them, but there would be some concerns. I'm sure at the back of your mind, you would be a little bit worried or anxious that this might not turn out as planned that this landlord could disappoint you. And imagine you're a student group. If you go with this house, you're going to miss your opportunity to take any other house because in the letting season, that's what happens. Everything else will disappear very, very quickly. Now, naturally, they're going to worry about this. Naturally, their parents, their guarantors are going to worry about this. So we need to think about this and we need to manage this as well as we possibly can. And the reason that we do is not only could we get this wrong and actually make a real hash of it and cause create quite a disastrous scenario for everybody involved, actually, if we didn't finish the house on time. But if we don't manage the expectations early on, when the tenants are signing those contracts, we can end up really wasting a lot of time, going back and forth, faffing with contracts, answering questions and doing all sorts, and eventually it could fall flat on its face and we're back to square one, with a property that's not yet rented and we've got to go back to another group or get more viewings done. Now, the reason I'm recording this today is because something that happened to me recently has prompted it and I wanted to share this with you to remind you that this can happen and there are, there's a better way, a better way than even I, you know, managed it recently to do it. After doing it for so many years, after filling so many properties pre kind of refurb completions, you can get a bit complacent if I'm honest and you can forget and I can forget that tenants have these anxieties and that actually we have a responsibility to relieve them of these anxieties and reassure them. And that doesn't necessarily just mean telling them what they want to hear. Now, there are a few things that we should actually do and put down on paper for them. Now, as you know, I'm doing a project down in the East Mids at the moment. It's a five to six bed HMO. It's going to be a top end student property. It's the one where we're converting the garage. Well, that's well underway. And I said a while ago, we had some great news, did a a viewing with a group and they wanted to take it straight away. I told them what it was going to look like. I showed them the plans, showed them examples of my other properties. Great. They wanted to take it. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone's dead excited. And we got the deposit off them and then we got the deposit protected. We then got the tenancy drafted. My team got that out to them and we sort of give them a timeline that they need to complete that in. And it wasn't coming back. And we were getting all sorts of excuses, guarantors on holidays, and there's no doubt that will be true. And we didn't want to put too much pressure on them. And also it was right over our changeover period, so we were really busy and we weren't putting them or chasing them like we normally would do. We do like to get these tenancy agreements signed within sort of ten working days. So this went on a bit. And occasionally the odd question would come in from a tenant or a guarantor, and that's fine, you answer them. Yeah, just some assurances. Can you guarantee that it'll be done for this day? Yes, yeah, we absolutely can. And eventually I started to think this is taking much longer than it should do. Chased the group up and said, look, we need this back by Monday. Close the play on Monday. Otherwise we are going to put this to another group. And the response I got was look, some of the guarantors just got a few more questions and then it should all be fine. And then I got an email and on this email. And it was about three pages long, a list of questions, a list of amendments that the guarantors wanted us to make to the tenancy agreement and some other stuff requests for things like my insurance and my home address and all sorts of stuff. And it really frustrated me. It didn't necessarily frustrate me that the tenants and the guarantors wanted this stuff. What I could see was a group and a group of parents that were concerned, and that's absolutely fine. And I wanted to do what I could to kind of alleviate them of those concerns. But at the same time, I was frustrated because this group has had all this information for five weeks. I've told them very clearly, here's what's happening. But I always caveat with, look, I cannot guarantee you anything. I can tell you we'll do our absolute best. I can tell you that this is what all of my other stuff looks like. I can tell you we've got this great reputation. I can give you references. I can take you in the other properties. I can give you my personal assurances. But what I can't do is absolutely promise to the nth degree that it will be done. There's always a risk that we are going to experience problems. But it's very, 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 very unlikely. And I'm really honest about that. And despite giving these assurances many times, several times and repeating them, The tenants and the guarantors came back with this list, and this list, in my opinion, was just completely unrealistic. It wasn't just a request for us to give the reassurance of the refurb being completed. It was more than that, actually. This was a group who wanted to almost arm themselves with provisions that would work in their favour to make, I suppose, my life a bit more difficult if ever needed. In my opinion, came across as quite unfair, very, very unrealistic, for a number of reasons, and extremely frustrating, as they'd now wasted five weeks of my time. Some of the requests in it were fine and reasonable. They wanted again further written assurances that the refurb would be completed. They were copies of my insurance and yeah, registration bodies, and that's fine. I can give them that. But there were lots of other things: these amendments to the tenancy agreements and all sorts of stuff that really had no bearing on this refurbishment, actually, at all. And actually, that's not the way we do business. There are very few agencies. I would expect in a country that would just let a tenant or the guarantors amend the contracts as they please. And in part, I think that this is unrealistic expectations of tenants and guarantors. But I also think it's just tenants and guarantors like to often think they know the law and they they know all sorts about it, but actually they, they don't. We have certain obligations and responsibilities as landlords, and we know that, and that's absolutely fine. But this was an example of very unrealistic and unmanageable expectations. And rather than bend to some of their requirements and say, I'll give you this, but actually I'm not doing that, I felt like, you know what, I'm not wasting any more time. We're five weeks in. Some of these questions could and should have been asked much earlier. And it was a bit of a yellow flag to me because if they're going to be this difficult at this stage, then what could they be like further on in the tenancy? What could they be like at the end of the tenancy? This is a yellow flag to me. I've experienced this before. And my gut is often that you know when tenants and guarantors are unrealistic with their expectations, but often think they know more than you or think they, they know the law better than the law itself, then that can present a problem. And that's not the sort of tenant, not the sort of guarantors that I want to be working with. So I decided that actually I'm not prepared to answer all these questions. I'm not prepared to fulfil these requests of yours, unfortunately. We're going to give you your deposit back and we're going to put the property back on the market. And that was terribly disappointing for this group of tenants. No doubt what happened here is this group of tenants really wanted the property, but their guarantors were a bit anxious. And the guarantors are certainly at least one of the guarantors is very, very pushy. And as a result of that, and as a result of mismanaging it at their end, and I think trying to push us around and bully us a little bit, they've ended up without the property. They've lost the property. And that will be really, really disappointing for some of them. So today I want to just give you a bit of advice about how to think about approaching filling your properties and getting tenants signed up when you haven't finished the refurb yet. Hopefully you can avoid what I've just done. I know better, shouldn't let it happen like this, but I want to make sure that you avoid this as well. It's important that you show groups that you're efficient, quick, you get it done quickly. And you can get on with the refurb and tenants can look forward to moving into a great house. You shouldn't be going back and forth and kind of bending down at the knee to answer all sorts of questions and fulfill obligations that tenants and guarantors have. So to help you avoid this happening, wasting all that time, I've got seven tips that I want to share with you. I promise if you follow these seven tips, you'll massively reduce the risk of a group messing you around or a group getting anxious and twitchy and pulling out. So number one, do the viewing yourself, explain and show them examples and build that report very, very quickly. You need to be amenable more so than ever. If you're going to show a group around a property that's completely unfinished, that's a shell that's halfway through, whatever it might be, you should do that viewing personally. Let them meet the landlord. Let them hear it from the horse's mouth. Let them look at you Let them look at the whites in your eyes when you tell them that this refurbishment is going to look like this. It's going to be finished on this date. That's really important. Spend the time building that rapport with tenants because that will go a long, long way. Number two, make it really clear that they must be comfortable taking a punt, taking a risk. It isn't an absolute guarantee. Yes, we can give them all the assurances in the world, but we cannot promise 100% that something won't go wrong. What if you got unwell? What if something happened in your family? What if a meteor came through the roof? What if a global pandemic shut every merchant around you so that you couldn't get the building materials? Just seriously, you cannot absolutely guarantee. And I know I'm being kind of really, really pessimistic here, but it's that caveat. and at the end of everything you say, look, it's going to look like this. You're going to have this. But guys, look, I just can't absolutely guarantee 100% things can go wrong when it comes to building. So I'll do my very best. We're great at this. We've done loads of these before. We know what we're doing. We're experts, but I'm not promising on my life that this is going to be 100%. I'll do my very best. And you just got to be really honest about that. And you need to be honest about that because they need to translate that to their guarantors as well. They need to be able to relay that same sort of assurance that you, you know, you've you done this before. You know what you're doing. You promise that it's going to be done on time. But, you know, obviously there is a bit of a gamble. There's a bit of a risk that we need to be prepared to take. But if we're prepared to take it, we're going to have this fantastic property. We're probably going to get it slightly cheaper than we would do if we were seeing it finished. And that, for most people, is absolutely fine. But it's really important that you do make sure that that kind of caveat and that honesty is there and that you are completely honest with your tenants. Number three, then, make an appendix. Create an appendix of the changes or the expectations that tenants should be aware of and you know, what it's going to look like, what you're planning to do to the property. That appendix you can give to them at the viewing, but you can also put that appendix into your tenancy agreement. Okay, some expectations about what their new home is going to look like. But and this is really important. But don't put too much detail in there. Don't tell them exactly what appliances you're going to be using. Make sure that the plans that you're describing are subject to change because. Obviously, you know, you get in a house, actually, you start ripping things back. Things often aren't where you think they're going to be. Maybe the boiler needs to go here in this room and not in that room. Or maybe actually by the time you've kind of come to doing your design, maybe you've used a bit too much of the budget. And actually it's not going to be marble tiled floor to ceilings. Just be sensible. Under promise and over deliver. Okay, guarantors will want you to commit to every single thing that's happening. Don't do it. Tell them broadly what the changes are. Two new bathrooms, a new kitchen, an addition of a sixth room, repainting, redecorating new furniture, but don't tell them what color it's going to be. Don't tell them what size the TV is going to be. Don't tell them what color the walls are going to be and the type of floor. Just be sensible about it because that could really come back and bite you. If you commit to anything and there's a problem with that tenancy, and I've seen this before, and unfortunately we've had this problem before, they will come back at you. You promised this and we got this. In one example I'll give you, we had a group in Chester where we did a big refurb. The house was fantastic, by far one of the best houses in that city at the time. And we'd said in the spec, in the appendix, that we were going to give them an American fridge freezer. When it came to it, the licensed team there wouldn't let us put an American fridge freezer in. And in fact, what we had to do was put two under-counter fridges and two under-counter freezers in, which is a real pain for us. And that removed some of the kitchen cupboard space and it just wasn't on there. And the tenants at one point tried to use this against us saying we hadn't delivered what we said we were going to. And it wasn't when they first moved in, it was further down the line when they had a few issues with some stuff to do with their utilities and other bits, but they tried to leverage us on that. So don't overcommit on that, just be broad, but put that appendix into the tenancy agreement. Number four then, get a deposit as quickly as possible once you've done that viewing, if they want to go ahead. And be really clear on your terms they need to stick to when it comes to signing that tenancy agreement. Don't just let them give you a deposit and sign the tenancy agreement whenever suits them. You should be saying very clearly, and we send out a next steps form, tells them how to pay your deposit, then we'll get your tenancy agreement, then you must fill your information in within so many days. Make sure that they understand that and make sure that you get that. If you don't, the real risk is that... It goes on and on and on, and then one guarantor's got a question, and then another has, and then another has, and you're repeating yourself. And all of a sudden, someone decides that they don't want to live there anymore, or a guarantor just gets a little bit too punchy and sends you a three page email, questions requested, amendments to the contract, and, and you've got to say, Hang on a minute, no way. And you've lost weeks and weeks and weeks where you could have had another group tied in, signed up, and put to bed. So just make sure that you're really clear on the terms and conditions, make sure that you get those tenancy agreements or the signatures on that tenancy agreement signed very quickly so you can move on. Number five, I think that this is so important here. Don't get pushed around. Don't get pushed around by tenants. Don't get pushed around by guarantors. You should know your obligations as a landlord, as an agent, and your obligations are clear and your obligations are no different here just because you're refurbing a property than they are with any other property. yes, you're promising them a refurb and you can put that in the appendix. But when it comes to your certificates, when it comes to everything else, you are under no obligation to give them anything more than you normally would. Gas safety certificate, copy electrical safety certificate, protect the deposit, how to rent guide, you Know all of that stuff. You don't need to start giving them copy of your insurance policies or your proof of address. What else did they want from me? Well, really weird and bizarre stuff like that. They wanted references from me. So don't get pushed around and don't be afraid of saying, no, this is what you'll get, this is what everybody gets, take it or leave it. And I think it's really important, like I said, this sort of behaviour and these sorts of requests and unreasonable expectations of tenants is a yellow flag and you need to see that because this can be really, really difficult for us as landlords, okay? We don't want those sorts of tenants and guarantors on. They could be fun, they could be a great group, but experience tells me they could and probably would be a problem. Number six then, my sixth tip. If your tenant or your guarantors I'm messing you around, and you can see that. Act quickly! Don't sit around. Don't just think it'll sort itself out. Step in, take decisive action. Tell them this, and this needs to get done. Tell them what will happen if it doesn't. It's going back on the market tomorrow. We'll give you deposit back. It's going to another group. Whatever you need to do, don't sit around. Let tenants and guarantors mess you about, because you're ultimately going to pay the price for that. And in (laughs) the example I've given you today, the one that's prompted me to record this, you know, I've lost out. I've lost out several weeks, and now I've got to find another group a bit later in the, the letting season than I want to. Number seven, the final point, the most important tip here of all is stick to your word. If you promise them a refurb, you by hell or high world, to, <laughs> you need to deliver that refurb. Under promise and over deliver. I said that already. Don't tell them it's going to look like the Taj Mahal, but if they walk into it, they're going to be really pleased. That's going to go a long, long way. that reputation, that confidence you'll have immediately from guarantors. Honestly, that'll do you so many favours, I cannot tell you. So stick to your word do exactly what you say you're going to do. So there we go. Seven tips that'll help you find and secure tenants as you're doing a refurb. So let's go through them again. Let's summarise them. Number one, do the viewing yourself. Explain what you're doing. Show them examples. Build that rapport very quickly. It'll go a long, long way. Number two, Make it really clear that they are going to have to be comfortable taking a slight punt. There's no absolute guarantee. You can give them lots of assurances, but they still need to be aware that this hasn't been done yet and that they are going to have to rely on your best efforts. Number three, create an appendix of the changes and the expectations of the property and pop it into the tenancy agreement so that they can see it. And when they sign their tenancy agreement, they'll feel a bit more comfortable. Number four. Get a deposit as quickly as possible and make the terms on how quickly they need to get that signed and back to you very, very clear. Number five, don't let your tenants or guarantors push you around. Know your obligations. They're no different to any other property and stand up to them. If your tenants or guarantors are messing you around, then act quickly Don't mess about, intervene if you need to change things, whip them into shape or just put it down and move on to another group, then do that. And finally, number seven, the last tip I can give you is stick to your word, under promise and over deliver. So there we go. If you follow that advice, you'll get it right. You won't make the mistake that I've just made this time, which is really frustrating and probably cost me five weeks and going to have to go back to market, distribute a deposit back out, lots of admin. You can avoid that. So there you go. Hope that's been a helpful episode. I know for lots of people listening, they'll be doing refurbs and actually securing tenants as quickly as possible. So I have no doubt at all that 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 advice, those seven tips that I shared today will help a lot of people. Now, don't forget that I'm a over in the HMO community. If you're having issues with this or want to ask some more questions about it, come on over. You can ask me or other members of our community. It's a great place to find that guidance and support you need. It's the HMO community. It's free and it's Facebook. It's our Facebook group. Of course, if you want to drill into the detail and really level things up this year with your HMO property business, then go and check out the HMO Roadmap.co.uk. We've got a starter package and a monthly subscription, but we've also got a premium package for those of you who are taking it really seriously, those of you that are committed and want to really make it happen in 2022. Thank you once again for tuning in, guys. Don't forget that I'll be right back here in the very same place next time. So please join me then for another instalment of the HMO Podcast.